Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with a study on spiritual gifts, preached October the 23rd, 2011. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. I want to speak to you about spiritual gifts, part one. Spiritual gifts in the church. God distributes to each one spiritual gifts. And St. Paul tells us, For by the grace given me, that is as an apostle, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. That's the key. Sober thinking. Don't think more highly than you ought to think, but think so as to think wisely. Four times the word think is used. So in this sacred scripture, Romans twelve three through 5, St. Paul directs true believers everywhere to live a transformed life by discerning and doing the will of God by their renewed mind and thus present their bodies a living sacrifice to God. Specifically, he exhorts us not to Think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. But to think sober judgment. That we may know accurately what our God-given ministry gifts are. By which to serve God by serving his holy church. I want to illustrate abnormal thinking. There's a 90-year-old man who lives in California who claims to be a Christian. This man foolishly claimed he has received great spiritual understanding from God by which he could predict the exact date of the second coming of Christ and the end of the world. That is what thinking beyond Hyperthinking. You heard of hyperventilation, and this is hyperthinking. He claimed to be different from all others who predicted wrongly previously. Nothing happened. He proved himself a proud, arrogant fool. If he had paid attention to our text, Romans 12, 3 through 5. He would not have committed this arrogant error. So first point is the apostolic directive. For I say to everyone who is among you. By the grace given to me. That means because I'm an apostle. 
Saint Paul understood correctly what ministry was given to him by the grace of God. He was not confused about it. He was a very humble man. He called himself the least of all saints, the chief of sinners and the last of the apostles. He was not confused about his calling. He did not overestimate or underestimate his calling. He made sober judgment. So he said in Romans 1 verse 5, through Jesus Christ, we received grace and apostleship to call the Gentiles to the obedience of faith. As apostle of Christ, he has authority to direct all the saints of the church. When an apostle speaks, Christ himself is speaking. So he writes in chapter 1 verse 7 to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. It appears there was no apostle in Rome. Paul is also speaking to us with authority. His word is God's word. We must pay close attention to his word. Second, I already said he's speaking to everyone. If you are a Christian, if you confess Jesus Christ is Lord, he's speaking to you. No. By his infallible apostolic word. The apostle is directing every believer. Not only in Roman church, but throughout the world. Each believer must exercise his, not stupid mind, renewed mind. Christianity demands thinking with a God-given new heart. Maximum use of mind is necessary. To thrive as a Christian. The unbeliever is a fool. His mind is depraved and so he denies the existence of the true and living triune God. We must grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. We understand spiritual things revealed in the Holy Scripture. By the ministry of the Holy Spirit and by the ministry of his Holy Church. Paul is writing to every believer. He puts emphasis in the Greek text. So pay attention. Every saint of God. Number three. What is he telling us? He is telling us to think Accurately, wisely, biblically. Sophronane, one word. Sophronane. The pattern of this world is to exaggerate things. The unbelievers use flattery. 
They write resume telling bunch of lies. They overestimate. They bear false witness. Christians with their renewed mind are to think accurately and speak accurately. We are to speak as the oracles of God. They are to evaluate what ministry gift they have received from God to serve the body of Christ. American culture glorifies, as I said, rigid, insulated, and rugged individualism at the expense of community, family, church. I, me, my, mine. That's it. At the expense of the community and the family and the church, I'm interested in myself. So people overestimate their abilities. They are overconfident and underperforming. Unbelievers are very proud and conceited. Their desire for preeminence. Christians must resist this sin of pride. Because we are not to conform to the pattern of this present evil age. Proud and inflated evaluation of oneself is sheer insanity. It is drunkenness. In 3rd John verse 9 we read of a leader by name Diotrephes who loved to be first and so refused to submit to the apostolic authority of St. John. He was in other words given to overestimation exaggeration of his ministry gift. Dr. Boyce speaks about of an encounter between Oscar Browning, the brother of poet Robert Browning, and Alfred Lord Tennyson, who was living at that time on the Isle of Wight. Mr. Nobody, Oscar Browning, introduced himself to Mr. Tennyson. I am Browning. Alfred Lord Tennyson replied, no, you are not. And walked away. (laughs) Nobody, Oscar Browning, was pretending to be what he was not. Poet Robert Browning. So, hyperthinking is a form of insanity. Such people suffer from look at me syndrome. Look at me. That's why we choose certain colors. Bright color. What does that mean? Look at me. Look at me, sir. I'm somebody. And I say you are nobody. You're pretending to be somebody. Suffering from look at me syndrome. 
They are, I say, narcissists. We are told not many wise, influential, or of noble birth are called. God chose foolish things of the world, weak things of the world, lowly and despised things of the world. God chose the zeros of the world so that no one may boast before him. All we have, friends, we received as gifts from God. Not pride, but humility is what God requires of us. And let me tell you, those who see God by faith in the word will live a humble life. So I say, don't overestimate Don't underestimate, but I create a word, soberestimate. (laughs) By the aid of the Holy Spirit, Holy Scripture, and the ministry of God's Holy Church. A Christian is a spiritual man, spirit-controlled man, spirit-filled man. Because he is controlled by the spirit. He has the mind of Christ. He is able to judge all things accurately. Friends God cannot lie. Christ is the truth. Holy spirit is the spirit of truth. So a Christian must think accurately. And must speak truth. This ability to judge accurately is a mark of an authentic Christian. We are given the Holy Spirit who is spirit of power and love and sound reasoning. Sophronunda. 2 Timothy 1.7 Holy Spirit enables us To reason, to judge accurately. After Jesus cast out the many demons from the crazy man. The legion man. He was sitting down closer And again the same word in the sound mind. He understood instantly everything accurately. Because he was spirit controlled and spirit filled and spirit transformed. Don't be like Corinthians. So we read in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some notice who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. They are stupid. They are ignorant. They are arrogant. They are proud. They are not humble. Corinthians overvalued certain gifts like speaking in tongues. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones speaks of several young people who thought they were called to the ministry of preaching. The great doctor was sure they were not. 
But they did not believe him and so they failed as ministers. This is the problem of hyper thinking. They overestimated their gifts. Satan always overestimates himself. He thinks he is God. It is sheer, I said, insanity. So he says in Isaiah 14, verse 14, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Most high. And the demonized Nebuchadnezzar says in Daniel 4 and verse 30, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as my royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Hyper thinking is a characteristic of demon possession. That was overestimation, sir. Hyper thinking will bring you down to the dust. And every unbeliever who refuses to believe in Jesus Christ is hyper thinking that he doesn't need Jesus Christ the Savior. I'm righteous, I don't need anybody, I have not sinned. St. Peter was hyper-thinking. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered. Yes, tonight before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And he did disown him. Three times. An unbeliever does not repent because he cannot accurately estimate himself. Repentance means correct thinking. Have you repented, sir? If not, you are going down to hell itself. You are hyperthinking, sir. He cannot repent. That is, he cannot think accurately. When the Holy Spirit helps him, he cries out to God, Have mercy upon me, a sinner. The apostle exhorts us to think sober judgment, sophronane, not hooperphronane, hyperthinking. To think accurately concerning the ministry. Gift God has measured out to us. Each believer is given at least one spiritual gift to serve God's church with. It is called charis grace or charisma grace gift or simply pistis faith. Grace, grace gift or faith. 
It is God's favor unearned. It is a grace gift. It is called also a measure of faith measured out to each one of us by God himself. So we serve church with this ministry gift by faith that is in dependence on God. This is not natural gift. This is not saving faith. Saving faith is given to everyone. It is a service gift. A service gift of faith. George Mueller was given this faith gift to pray and receive from God all he needed without asking any human being for his large orphanage work. So every believer is given by God ministry gifts. And each one is to know accurately what these gifts are. So let me read some scriptures. 1 Corinthians 1, 7. Therefore you do not lack what? Any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. 1 Corinthians 3, 5. What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. 1 Corinthians twelve seven. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. 1 Corinthians 12:11 All these are the work of one and the same spirit and he gives them to each one just as he determines 1 Corinthians 12:28 And in the church God has appointed first of all apostles second prophets third teachers then workers of miracles also those having gifts of healing those able to help others those with gifts of administration and those speaking in different kinds of tongues Ephesians 4:7 But to each one of us grace has been given us as Christ apportioned it Ephesians 4:11 through 13 it was he Christ who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service Romans 12 verse 3 do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think but think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has measured out to you. Romans 12, 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. 1 Peter 4, 10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. If it is gift, how come we hyperventilate? So each one evaluate accurately what his service gifts are based on the reality, objective reality of God having measured out to him a measure of faith. 
Are you a five-talent man? Two-talent man? Or a one-talent man? Most saints are one-talent saints. Don't be frustrated. Don't be angry. Serve with that one talent. Be content with it. Be faithful in doing business with it and increase it. Don't bury it and be condemned by Christ on the last day. But we are told also to desire earnestly spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12.31 and 1 Corinthians 14.1 But it is God who sovereignly determines what gifts he would give us. You are asked to pray and he distributes according to his own sovereignty. We are to be faithful therefore in serving God and his church with the charisma that he entrusted us with. God distributes ministry gift in different kind and proportion to promote, sir, interdependence, not independence and rivalry. This ministry gift is not for personal enjoyment or for personal advancement, but for building up of the body of Christ. We can... Look at it. Potluck. Everyone is bringing what God has given him for everybody else. And everybody else brings what God has given them. So that all people are nourished. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 and 25 And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Number four. I said our problem today is a defective doctrine of church the doctrine of the church in the evangelical protestant world there is a defective understanding of ecclesiology we emphasize individualism at the expense of community the church the body of christ we emphasize the many members not the one body of christ Romans 12, 4 through 5 teaches both the many and the one. We must get back to the biblical doctrine of the church. Like our human body, church is an organism consisting of many members. Now, each vitally united to Jesus Christ and to one another. For us in one body we have many members, eye, toes, etc. And all members do not have the same work but different work. Even so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members belonging to one another. 
Therefore, in covenant love, God relates to us and we relate to God. And in covenant love, we also relate to one another. Then how come you don't get along with your wife? You are supposed to. Therefore, we relate to God and relate to one another in covenant love. So we are an organism, a family, a body, a community, the church. Many members, yet one body, vitally connected. There is diversity, glorious diversity, and glorious unity. The word church appears several times in Romans 16, verse 1, 4, 5, 16, and 23. Each member belongs to all other members. All other members belong to him. There is a unity of the church and plurality of its members and variety of charismata that is service gives to meet every need in the church. The potluck idea. Friends, the church is not a pile of individual members. Eye, toe, finger, ears. That is death. It is gruesome. It stings. This is the picture of the church in this country and throughout the world. It's a building. Look at all individuals not connected with anybody. A bunch of people coming together in a building for an hour. They have no connection or relationship. They have no connection or relationship. They are strangers. They don't know anyone or serve anyone. Just like when somebody confuses a pile of building materials for a Beautiful building. You see a pile of building materials. Is not a beautiful building. The church. Is likened in the Bible. To a body. A bride. A building. A vine with branches and so on. The many members united in Christ. Love God with all their heart. Soul. Mind. And strength. And love each other. Each serves others with the gift God has endowed him with. Each has property in all others and all others have property in him. No division, no quarrel, no pride, no selfishness. Love and sacrifice we see all around. There is the fruit of the spirit visible to all. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is the word ministry and also diaconal ministry to meet the physical and material needs of the people of God. Everybody is working. There is no idle freeloaders. Above all, where church is, where this kind of church exists, there is Christ, there is light, there is life, there is hope, there is freedom, there is forgiveness, there is equality, there is victory, there is power, there is unity. 
of one body one spirit one hope one lord one faith one baptism one god the father of all who is above all who is through all and who is in all there is no clergy laity one man ministry everyone is a minister in word ministry or in diaconal help ministry there is the priesthood of all believers there is oneness in christ and also manifoldness in christ each believer is born of the heavenly father and so all god's children love the father and love one another each one has property in one another and in one another's gifts and graces said professor john murray each one ministers spiritually and materially to each other we love one another friends i have property in you and you have property in me i want you to grow in grace and be successful if you sin you trouble me and deprive me and deprive your wife and deprive your children if you grow in grace it is good for me we watch out for each other's welfare as we watch out for each other's other in a normal family life i help you you help me and we both succeed we are interdependent not independent we are many yet we are one in christ when one person suffers everybody suffers when one rejoices everybody rejoices you are the eye i am the feet the body needs the service of both their services are necessary and important i shows me where to go and i the feet will take you there we need each other 1 Corinthians 12:14 through 21 There are many members the Lord adds to the church They have different spiritual gifts given to them by the Holy Spirit for the proper functioning of the body as he determined There are needs in the church and the needs are met by us through what God has given us each member's ministry is essential to the life of the whole body there is no non working member in the body of christ your ministry is not just important but essential no one ministers independently of others that will be convulsion the body is in good health when each member is functioning well the body is sick when some parts are not functioning correctly the function of every part must be subject to the control of the lord who is the head of the church so let me read to you from ephesians 4:15 and 16 instead speaking the truth in love we will in all things grow up grow up into him who is the head that is christ from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work don't take your marble and go home we grow up as each part does its work 
through spiritual gift. Friends, your meaning is found in your functioning in the body and for the body, not apart from the body. What is the meaning of an eye if it is not seeing in the body and for the body? A member apart from the body is dead. You ask, how can I arrive at sober judgment of my charisma? My spiritual gift answer, pray. God will reveal it to you. Two, study the word of God, especially passages relating to spiritual gifts. Three, ask the church. The church is our mother. The church knows your gifts. Ask your spouse and children. Ask your parents. Ask the ministers. Read First Timothy 3 that tells you who a minister is and who a deacon is. Number nine, generally gifts manifest themselves in our service in the church. For instance, early church asked for seven people, deacons. And so this is the qualification. Full of Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, full of faith. They went about and they found them. Which included Stephen, Philip among them. Finally, let me tell you, Grace Valley Christian Center was founded on this principle of everyone serving with what spiritual gift God has given to each. I would say this is one of the few churches in the world that practices the priesthood of all believers. Because I was brought up in a revival, a Pentecostal outpouring that began in the 1920s and lasted for 30 years. I saw as a boy the glory and the beauty of a true church that loved each other and served each other. I saw with my own eyes Holy Spirit powerfully and miraculously moving in the lives of people. So when we started this church, I was led to practice the biblical model. Even today, God is moving in our midst powerfully. Each believer is functioning for the body of Christ in his capacity given to him by God who measured to him the measure of faith. I commend you all and give all the glory to God. Let us function in the gifts God has given us. Let us be content in it. Let us serve others and let us receive the ministry of all others. Let us be careful not to think of ourselves beyond we ought to think. Humility promotes unity. So let us be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Friends, we are most miserable when we try to function in area where we are not gifted. And we are most happy when we function in our spiritual gifts. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have saved us. We are born from above, born of the Spirit, born of God, and we are all brothers and sisters. 
And we thank you for granting us spiritual gifts. Help us to correctly evaluate what our gifts are by the aid of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Church. And help us to function for the body of Christ in the gifts you have given us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.